Good morning on this Friday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday and finishing up the section in the book of Hebrews where we're talking that they didn't enter into God's rest because of unbelief. And we found that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than two, any two-edged sword, meaning that it is the Word of God that makes alive. It's the Word of God that quickens. It's the Word of God that imparts uh, faith. It's the hearing of the Word of God. But remember, we have what we would consider the, the written the written Word, the spoken Word. We have the living Word, the living Word, uh, Christ Jesus himself in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And he's called the Logos. What we call the written Word is called the Logos. But Jesus also would speak the Word of God. And it was Rhema. And Rhema is the faith-filled words of God. Those are the words that when we hear our Master through the Holy Spirit, speaking in and to our hearts. That's when faith is imparted. And we are to walk in that faith and continue to grow in that faith. It's not supposed to be a one-time thing, but it's supposed to be the way of life. The just shall live by faith. One can ask the question, how do we begin to do this? Or how does this happen in our lives? Well, according to the book of John, in chapter 6, verse 28 and 29, something happened there. The disciples were uh, up hearing up on a hillside with Jesus as a multitude of at least 5,000 men, not including the women, not including the children, were all there. They heard the word, and he asked uh, Philip, Philip, uh, from where are we going to get food to feed all these people? And Philip said, I don't know, Lord. Uh, even if we had 200 pennies worth, uh, that's not enough for everybody to even just get a taste. That, that, that wouldn't even cover it. So we'd have to have the money and we'd have to have the place to buy it. But that's not going to be a whole lot. But Jesus, knowing what to do, and this was basically to test him, uh, commanded them, you know, have the people sit down, groups of 50 and 100 and Jesus took the little lunch of that boy. He gave thanks. And he began to work a miracle right in front of them. He kept breaking the bread and breaking the fish. And it seemed that it would just grow again and grow again and grow again. It multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. That, that was a working of miracles because of the time that it took to break that bread, to break those fishes, and impart them to everybody so that they would all get some. That had to take an effort. It had to be organized. The 12 disciples and those that were with him helping him. But as the story goes on, when they saw this, they wanted to take him and they wanted to make him king because of it. But the scripture says that they did ask Jesus a question. And here it is. In John chapter 6 verse 28, they asked him a question. Basically, how 
did you do this miracle? How did you do this work of God, of feeding this entire multitude? What, what was it? What did it take? What did it involve? And the scripture says that when they had asked him this question, they said unto him, What shall we do? We, not you, but we, that we might work the works of God. What do we need to do to perform these miracles, these healings, these acts of faith in our lives? In verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. In other words, believing on Jesus whom the Father has sent was what he considered this is the work of God. Well, this takes us back to what we had been studying in Hebrews. That we cease from our labor. We cease from our struggles. We cease from our efforts and our own abilities and strengths and limitations to depend upon Him. And when we believe the effort that it takes to believe in comparison to the effort that it takes not to believe, it's harder not to believe. It's more difficult and more struggle than it is to believe. Now let's analyze this and look at it. let's look at some things here. This is the work of God that you believe. Let's just stop right there. This is the work of God that you believe. This is the work of God that you believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish. We are to believe on the name of Jesus. We are to believe in God. We are to believe that God sent Jesus. We are to believe on the finished work of God. We are to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We are to believe that the Word of God that we have today is the absolute Word of God. Not some uh, partial, a few words here and a few words there that God spoke, but it is all 100% inspired of and by the Holy Spirit in the lives of men through whom He chose to bring this word into this world. So believing, and we have said already, and we're going to be reading there in a little bit, that believing is an act of the inward man. It's, a, it's an act of the heart. It's not an act of the mind. It's not, we, we don't believe with the mind. We believe with the heart. We can hope with our mind, but we have to believe with our heart. And it says, and this is the work of God. This, this is what we need to put into effort. This is the primary thing. 
This is the toil. This is the occupation. These are the acts and the deeds and the doings and the labor that we should be involved in. Believing. Believing on him whom he has sent. Believing on Jesus that was sent by the Father. Nicodemus recognize that no man can do the things that you do except that he be sent by God. And there were so many at that time that they believed, but they kept it hid because they were concerned what the others might think. But our believing has got to flow from a heart that is filled with confidence, that is filled with trust, In him, what he has said about himself, remember, in Hebrews, in chapter uh, 11, in verse 6, for without faith it it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You can't seek him diligently without believing. There must be an act of believing. That is the action. That is the inward man resting and relying on Jesus. That's why he said, take of my yoke. Take of my yoke. Learn of me. Well, the only way that we're truly going to learn of him is taking his yoke. To the degree that as he is the one that's doing all the pulling, all the toiling, we are following in his footsteps, learning what it takes to accomplish the work. I don't do the work in my strength. I don't do it in my ability. In fact, I can't even do it in my own wisdom and my own knowledge. It has got to be the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent forth into the life of the believer so that he or she can be led and guided to believe. Believe. Believe on the name of Jesus. Believe on the Son of God. Believe that he has been raised from the dead. Making confession with our mouth because we believe in our heart. Well, it says, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Now, if we entrust into his hands our lives, and if our bodies have been purchased with a price and they belong to him, then he is the owner, he is the possessor, not only of heaven and earth, but he's the possessor of everything. And if that is true, and I believe in him and commit myself to him, then I am simply saying, you are the owner of this vessel. See fit as you please, Lord, to do whatever it is that you want to do in my life, to fulfill your divine plan. But Lord, since my body is yours, then I'm asking that because it is yours, that you maintain it, that you take care of it when it needs healing, when it needs a miracle. I do my part in taking care of it, 
in the way that I feed it and, and the way that I treat it. But, but it's your body, Lord, <clears throat> in that you are the owner of it. It is a purchased possession of which one day you will fully redeem and replace it with an incorruptible and immortal body that will never die. It will continue to live forever. See, but we believe. We believe that He is. He has sent Jesus for a divine purpose. And in doing that, we learn from the Master. We learn. But notice, just like He said to Peter, He says to you and I, He says to everyone that is a seeker, diligently seeking the Lord, come unto me, all you that labor. See, it's our struggle and you're heavy laden. All the weights of whether it be sin, whether it be the burdens and the afflictions and the persecutions and the trials and the testings and the tribulations, we're heavy laden. And he says, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. Your zuki. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. In comparison to our struggles and our burden, it's much heavier to carry. Well, this, this takes us to what's going to be the introduction to... Uh, Saturday's message on Mark eleven twenty two and Mark eleven twenty three, and Jesus answering said unto them, "Have faith in God." This is the story about when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. It had no fruit at that time. He was looking for some, and he simply cursed it all the way down to the roots. And when they were coming back from wherever they had gone. They saw the tree had fallen down and the disciples bring it back to Jesus' memory, telling him, look, Lord, what happened to the tree that you cursed? It's dried and dead all the way to the roots. And Jesus answering says unto them, have faith in God. Now, depending on the translations that you use or go through, it says have the faith of God, have the faith from God, uh, not just simply have faith in in God, but have the faith of God or the faith from God, meaning operate like he operated. Remember, you're yoked to the yoke of Jesus. He's the one that's doing the work. You're simply following his example. And what is it to do the work of God? To believe. We cease from our struggles and we enter into his rest. Well, consider that from the book of Hebrews. But as our time has run out, we'll see you on Saturday, or you'll hear me on Saturday with the Lord's help. Until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. God loves you. Jesus loves you. I love you. Take care, and don't miss the greatest opportunity of your time when Jesus comes back. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.